Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 76 of The Storytellers. Today's guest is Georgia Court, independent bookstore owner who tells many unique stories. Georgia Court has been a teacher of English composition. She's written for the healthcare industry in both daily and weekly series. And that all changed after she retired back in 2009, because in 2011, she opened Bookstore One, my hometown bookstore here in Sarasota, Florida. Georgia, welcome to the Storyteller's Microphone. Well, thank you, Grace. Happy to be here on this beautiful day in Sarasota. Actually, I'm wearing a sweater because it's 70 degrees, which means it's cold for us. And you and I agree. I'm in a turtleneck, which is (laughs) just unheard of in other parts of the world when it's this temperature. So thank you for being with me. Thank you for having such a beautiful bookstore here in my hometown. Tell me about why you got the idea for starting a bookstore after you had quite a varied career. Well, uh, I've always loved books uh, and I've never had never even worked in retail in my whole life. But uh, when I moved to Sarasota in 2009, part of the attraction was that right downtown where I happened to move was a wonderful bookstore called Sarasota News and Books. That had been there for 35 years at that point. And through a series of circumstances, the building was sold and so forth, the um, owners decided uh, that they couldn't stay there. They couldn't continue to run the bookstore, so they closed it. So a year went by, and I'm really kind of ticked off because uh, this is an arts town. So for those of you who don't, live in Sarasota, I assume there are audience members who don't, who may not have been here. This is the arts culture coast of Florida. Seriously, we've got got opera, we've got ballet, we've got symphony, we have chamber music, we have, I think it's nine equity theater stages, five of them right downtown, Uh, just lots of art galleries. So it is an arts town and literary arts is an important art. And when Sarasota News and Books closed, that was just yanked away from us. And that bothered me. You know, I'm a supporter of other arts uh, in this area and in other places where I've lived. And that couldn't stand with me. So when a space came available, after about a year of my wondering what to do about this, um, I approached the gentleman who had run the bookstore for Sarasota News and Books, a wonderful guy by the name of David Chaplin, who is, who has since, um, who has who has since transitioned out of this world and out of this life, unfortunately. But he had been a manager for 25 years in this business, and that prior bookstore it didn't close because it didn't have any good business. It was another circumstance. So I asked him if he would like to open a real bookstore again. He said yes. And within three months, we were open. And it was 
it was an interesting thing for me. And, and this is storyteller. So I'll go on and tell you this story a little bit. Yes. Because even though I knew that I was doing a very good thing and that the community would be happy about it, because I understand that when that other bookstore closed, I was actually gone at the time that they closed, that there were actually people picketing because they were so upset. Well, when I announced that I was opening uh, my bookstore, this is in 2011, it was late 2010 when I announced it, it was front page news in our paper. That's surprising. <clears throat> and the interesting thing is that that I had I joined the Chamber of Commerce after I started that business. And the Chamber of Commerce here has a gathering of business owners who are new to business in town, just to introduce them to what the chamber does to each other. So I went to one of those meetings. And it's in a big conference room. And there were, I'm going to guess there were 35 of us around that table. And everybody went around the room talking about what their businesses were, introduced just briefly. And okay, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. And, and nobody really said a word. And when it came my turn, I just said my name. And I said, and I'm opening a bookstore downtown called Bookstore One Sarasota. And applause and cheers broke out in that room. And that was, this is, you know, this testifies to this town. And, and these were people, these businesses, I'm not talking about these were literary arts and artsy people. These were plumbers and electricians and people running garage door companies. And so it was amazing. Georgia, what do you think the magic is of the independent, particularly bookstores? Because we see it, you know, every author I know, myself included, are always talking about the need to support the independent bookstores, but what do you think the real magic is across professions and across communities? I think because an independent bookstore really does represent community. It's where people kind of come to hang out, people who like to read. And most, most people do like to read, whether they only want to read the newspaper or they want to read novels by Dostoevsky or they want to read poetry or whatever they want to read. They do like to read and they love to come into an environment that is a happy environment and they're picking something that they're going to enjoy and they see their neighbors there. And in our case, just as many independent bookstores do, we have a full slate of events. Yes, we do author events. Of course we do that. We do poetry readings. We have authors come and sign. But we also do community events. Where you know, And we have a very nice space for events in our store where we'll have in uh, the mayor, the, the chief of police, the, the guy who runs the, the parking meters downtown. Mm -hmm. We have community people like that come in and speak. And it is truly a, a community center. And, ma and many independent bookstores do that. They embrace the community. And I think that's really what it is. You make it very clear on your website. I think you have at least six events every month. And those are, you know, oh, more more traditional bookstore type of events. Yeah. But you make it very clear on your website. And I think in almost everything you do that it's really about relationships. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it comes about that whole community sense that you 
talk about. Um, one of the things I particularly like on your website, um, and we should just reiterate, even though it'll be in the show notes, it's uh, Bookstore One in Sarasota. You uh, frequently have- uh, Bookstore One, st- Sarasota.com. Thank you. Right. Uh, so you on your website have not only all of the events, but I love your staff picks because you have a very diverse staff as well. Um, how do you empower your staff to do that? Well, I have an excellent staff and they all have um, they all have their own expertise and backgrounds, quite frankly. I have a very accomplished staff, uh, I have to say. And they all have something that they have done, mainly in their backgrounds or their educational training that they do well, that they love to do. And, you know, I let them loose with that. You know, for example, my the current general manager, um, uh, a, a young guy by the name of uh, James Mamone, he's a graduate of Ringling College of Art and Design here. Mm-hmm. So he's a painter. He's a visual artist. Uh, he's also a fabulous uh, money manager in the sense that he's, he has that good sense. But because of his design sense, uh, we recently moved, okay, to a new location, and, and that was a location in the Mark condo building downtown that we had to build out entirely. I handed over the design of that to James. He had the skill, the talent to know how to do that. I just let him run with it. He did a great job. Uh, likewise, we have a, a, there's, and each of them has these talents. I'm not going to name two just for the sake of brevity. Elsie Souza, for example, who has worked for us from the very beginning, has a deep background in politics on a national level. She, and, and in a regional and local level, she knows everybody. And she's a woman who everybody loves, just loves her as do I. So her skill is being able to reach out into the community. When I was newer here in town and didn't know people, I mentioned, well, we will have like the city manager, the chief of the police or whatever comes. She knows all those people. So making those connections in the community has, has been her real skill and her talent. So I let her go. Let it do it, Elsie. Well, hiring well and then empowering your staff, I think, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 40 years and I've always found that that's absolutely the way to go. If you're lucky enough to hire well, which sometimes takes a a, a unique skill set, as you know so well. Uh, You you started before the pandemic and you you survived through it. And I think you actually um, did fairly well during the pandemic. Can you talk about that transition and now being back live again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had been, the pandemic started in March of 2020. We'd been in business since 2011. So we had a you know pretty good customer base. But when the pandemic happened, it, it, it allowed us to do something that we had just kind of put off because we were kind of too busy to do. And that was to really develop our online store. Uh, and that continues to be a good portion of our business, not as significant of, as the in-person, but I mean, it's still a pretty good chunk. People still order, even if they're local, order online and they'll come to pick up. Uh, and we have sales all over the country uh, from our online store. But we were able to develop that, do the curbside pickup, uh, 
people were reading like crazy during the pandemic. And then we also realized that people wanted to do puzzles like crazy. Yes. So we were selling puzzles and books, uh, you know, just, I wish I had a photo I would have thought to, to send you or whatever, but we, we, we would take our online orders and put them in a brown bookstore paper bag that has our logo on it. And I have a photo of our whole long length of the store lined up with these bags full of books with people's name tags on them, just for people waiting to come to our back door. You know, they were all prepaid. So all they had to do knock on the door and we'd hand, hand the, the bag out. But it's an impressive photo, actually. Like a book speakeasy. Knock right, on the door right, and get right, your book from right, George Report. <laughs> right. How does an independent bookstore, um, first of all, choose its books? Because at the end of the day, it's a profit-making mm -hmm. organization. And yeah, first of all, how do you choose your books? Well, you know, all of us who work in the store have some input into, into what books we bring in and and customers will ask you know but that aside we're talking about really specialized people with specialized talent we have a woman working for us by the name of Nora Gunning and she is our new book buyer so she's the person who meets with reps because publishers send reps mm -hmm. either in person or, or on the phone or on zoom to talk about the new titles and now that we've been in business for I guess 12 years now, we have a very good sense as do the publishers as to what sells for us and what doesn't. So, you know, with that history behind us and a very knowledgeable, very intelligent person doing the buying, that's so once again, I let her run with it. You know, other than the few things that one of us might say, gee whiz, I really wish we might try that. But that's the little chunk of it. I'm always interested in that because, you know, I've been published traditionally and I've been published independently. My three educational books were published traditionally and my last book um, as a novel was uh, published independently. And, you know, I did all the right things. You know, I have the Amazon I've got the Ingram Sparks. Uh, I always tell people in the world of books, I always thought the Library of Congress actually blessed your book with an oh. ISBN number. I didn't know you just bought them. Just bought it. So <laughs> right. it, it, was, it was very discouraging when I just found out. You mean the Library of Congress isn't just gifting me my very own ISBN? <laughs> so I think as an independent author, there are things that I learned about, you know, multiple ISBNs, whether it's for the audiobook or the ebook or whether it's for um, an Ingram Sparks oh. release. Is there any way for independent authors to really navigate their way into independent bookstores? It's very difficult. My Short answer is no. Uh, I mean, there at our store, we hold twice a year a book fair for local self-published, independently published authors. And, and it would be a weekend, two weekends a, a year when they can bring in their books and we'll bring the books into the store and they can sell them. But as a practical matter, we can't take up, and I, I'm, I'm sure this is true of all independent bookstores, yeah. shelf space is precious, and you cannot give it up for the self-published author 
who is not just not going to sell because there's no marketing behind it. This the person is unknown. And quite frankly, most independently published authors, well, they're going to rely on their friends, but they've already given their friends copies of their books. So this is always interesting. So <laughs> well, it know. is always interesting. You know, my book's been out uh, two and a half years, and I'm, I'm grateful I get royalty checks from three sources every single month. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think is remarkable is traditionally published or indie published. And, you know, I I'm here on the Storytellers and in my other radio show, Launchpad, um, I have far more traditionally published mm -hmm. authors. I would say that the amount of marketing authors have to do, regardless of how they're published, yes is absolutely remarkable. oh yeah and unless you were a top name like john grisham or somebody uh it, yeah it 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 is a full-time job i have to say to be an author and to and to publicize your own book and to reach and to reach out i mean even even famous people and, and i'm going to use kathy geiswhite as an example she's the person who did the kathy cartoons Mm -hmm. Sure. Remember, remember that she had a new book uh, come out. Uh, I don't know if it, it, a couple months ago, I guess. And her mother, who's now ninety six, lives in Sarasota. So when Kathy comes, she came four or five years ago. She and her mother did an event at our old location, uh, full full house. Once again, you know, she called us to say, I'm gonna come back into town to visit my mother. My new book is out, could I do an event? So what I find interesting about that is she's a really well-known, lovely, lovely person, mm -hmm. well-known in her own right. There was no publisher reaching out to us. Right. Uh, it was Kathy herself who called and said, you know, I'm gonna be in town, I have a new book. Could I do something? Absolutely. And, and that's that's what I find over and over again. You know, I I have a good friend, Barbara Davis, who uh, her last book is becoming a um, Broadway musical. Her new book is already a bestseller. It's not out yet. And but that's that's really the name of the game. It's uh, the amount of work that authors have to do uh -huh. uh, to promote their work and then to um, obviously work so closely with bookstores. Uh -huh. Every bookstore is so unique and you have kind of a unique niche of your own in terms of um, poetry, isn't it? Yes, yes. We do. A, we have a very large, I mean, relatively speaking, large poetry section. We run poetry uh, workshops uh and we run poetry book clubs but the thing that we do every year and have done since 2012 is something called poetry life and what that is is once a year i bring in or we bring in the top poets in the world poets laureate national book award winners we've even had the poet laureate of great britain in the last couple of years and these people do presentations and it's a big deal. And often the presentations are done in Florida Studio Theater, which they will be this year. Poetry Life is March 11th through the 13th this year. And we're bringing in Martina Spada, who's a National Book Award winner, and Patricia Jabba Wesley, who is an award-winning Liberian poet. 
they're coming in not only to do a presentation, but this year for the first time, we are including serious workshops. Fabulous. With, uh, and those are for people, you know, 18 and older. There's a fee associated with it. And they will be in classes for two and a half days with these famous poets, uh, learning to write and getting personal critiques and then seeing them read their own work at the uh, uh, at Florida Studio Theater. So that's that's going to be terrific. And that's March 11th through 13th. And that's on our website. And sarasotabooks.com is the website. I think I misspoke before because I gave you, I think, my old address. It's sarasotabooks.com. Uh, but also uh, we, you know, I personally and we at the bookstore were a big supporter and sponsor of the first, Sarasota's first ever youth poet laureate who was selected in November and we brought in Ada Limon, current U.S. Poet Laureate, to give the award to Sarasota's first Youth Poet Laureate. And it was a terrific event at the historic Oslo Theater. So yeah, we, we do a lot with poetry. Georgia, our time went so quickly. I love that you gave us an insight into the behind the scenes at an independent bookstore and also shared all of the amazing things that you do at yours. Um, I hope you'll come back on The Storytellers as your own work evolves and tell people one more time how they can find out more about you and your online bookstore as well. Okay. Well, the, uh, the, the bookstore, uh, our events and uh, online shopping is at sarasotabooks.com. And we have a phone number. It's 941-365-7900. And we're at 117 South Pineapple Avenue, downtown Sarasota, in the big, beautiful, new Mark condo building. So come see us. Georgia, thank you for being with us. We are a town that gets lots and lots of visitors. Storytellers is heard in 153 countries. But no matter where you are in the world, please check out Georgia's website. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and Authors on the Air, Global Radio Network. Georgia, thank you. Thank you. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories. Tell your own. And come back for another episode, because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.